Hey guys, it's Josh, and welcome to the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad, where me and my guests help you level up your life for everything sex, relationship, and pleasure based. So come on in. So come on in, have a seat, and let's get into it. All right. Hey guys, it's Josh, and welcome back to the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Joining me today is Amy Riley. Amy, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm considered a leading authority on aphrodisiac foods. I've written five aphrodisiac cookbooks, a few of which have actually even won awards. And one is an Amazon bestseller. That was exciting. And I, let's see, what else do I do? Well, I, you know, I speak, I write, I run a website called eatsomethingsexy.com. Oh. And that's me. Listen, <laughs> we love a good title and that just pounces out at you right there eat something sexy doc <laughs> guys that's not going to be easy to forget so um you got to go oh, check wait, that out wait till we get to the cookbook titles oh my listen <laughs> if you're not already salivating or invigorated i guess you have something to look forward to <laughs> so today i brought amy on because we are still ramping our way towards valentine's day and you know we can't be basic here. We we always like to leave you guys prepared and with a little bit of flair um, so you can perform best for your partner or for yourself, you know, if you just want to take yourself out uh, and do something nice. So hopefully today something stands out to you and uh, sparks something in your creative palace up in the head. Um, first off, I have to ask you, Amy, um, since this is a dating show, are you single? Are you in a relationship? Um, what's going on with you? I am married. Um, but I will tell you, I started dating my husband because of my first cookbook. Oh. Well, he was my recipe tester. <laughs> listen, I, I like, how did he get that job? That's, that's, that's what I need to know, because that sounds like the job I want. Oh, I felt sorry for him. Oh. He was, I knew this guy who, like, he basically lived on like cans of soup that I'm not even sure he knew how to heat them up. <laughs> and I and he lived near me and I felt kind of bad for him. I was working on this cookbook and I don't know if you know much about cookbook writing, but you have to test the recipes over and over and over. So you're eating the same food over yeah. and over. It, is, it gets pretty boring. So I would just invite him over and say, Hey, I have all this food and you come hang out and try the recipes. And there you go. Listen, I, I guess history. I guess they do say uh, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So it, yeah. one plus one equals two. It makes sense. Yes. I mean, by the books, I remember by the time I was doing a book, book tour and book signings, like he was coming along. It was fork me, spoon me with Amy Riley and the guy who can't heat soup. <laughs> Listen, I, which, by the way, my first book was called Fork Me, Spoon Me. I mean, there, there's so much there that I could just, I could roll with, but I'm going to try to be a mature adult for like two seconds. Can't promise for the rest of the show, but at least right now, I'm a mature adult. I think we should, like, there should have been like a little dedication in there to him, you know, <laughs> to the guy who yep. helped scrap, yep. you know, help me with my scraps, you know. Yes. Actually, that came in the second book. <laughs> there we go. Rollover consistency. I like it. And by the way, on my second book tour, I was pregnant. Oh, I, I guess he, listen, I guess he spooned you and forked you a little too well. Um, 
Listen, I said two seconds. I, I That was more than two. So tell me, how did you get into food first off? Because um, I feel like everybody has a cool food story, um, whether it's nostalgic or just something wonky that attracts them. Um, I always loved food. It was not something I ever intended for a career. But when I was a kid, my parents would plan family vacations around where they wanted to eat. So, you know, it was a big deal. You know what? It was always a big deal in our family. Last year, that was actually um, some of the advice we got from, um, I like, just because it was quarantine, well, we did like a quarantine um, homebody, like, kind of excursion for Valentine's and it was like plan like a mini home home vacation like based on like where you would want to eat so you like decorate the your apartment or your house like like the city and do like a little tour (laughs) and I was like I thought that was actually kind of smart yeah 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 no it's a great that's a great way to go that's very sweet um so yeah I mean I've so I've always had this interest in food and um my first job after college was in the tasting room of a winery and I wasn't in Sonoma County and I wasn't there. It was just a, it was a stopping point and it was a fun thing. I think this was a fun thing to learn about. I was sort of in between college and grad school. And so I spent a little time doing that, really fell in love with it. Uh, things didn't work out with my intended career after grad school. And um, I had some writing experience. I had some clips and I had, and I knew some people and I just started writing about wine. And it just went on from there. And now I have a whole career as a cookbook author and wine writer and the whole thing. So you just never know. <laughs> I do. I always say, like, there's what you plan and then there's reality, you know? Right. And I will say, you know, at some point I realized I need to know more. And I went and I got a master's degree in gastronomy from Le Cordon Bleu. And, you know, I really learned my craft. Um, so it was part dumb luck. It was part study. <laughs> so um, two questions one for people who don't know what gastronomy is like could you like just... <laughs> no don't worry nobody knows what gastronomy is <laughs> it's, it's the study of food basically is everything but the practical part it's everything but cooking so it's food and it's the history of food it's the science of food it's how food relates to culture and how food helps develop cultures all everything everything but cooking well there we go guys see this already you're already learning new things um and then the second question we have to know because you you, like you kind of dropped it what was your original grad major like that uh oh geez i was so uh, undergrad i was actually a theater director directing major okay um, in theater as well as i did arts administration which still serves me well i'm grateful i did that i believe it um but i then went on to study film and i am not cut out to work in the film business which is fine i learned that very quickly uh (laughs) i i can see that um i used to live with an art major so i got to see very the various spectrums of art um from stills to printing to filmography uh videography so i understand that all too well all too well (laughs) um i even like to say i'm a failed vlogger i tried it just was not my forte not my forte um but no we ended up where we are and we where we love to be so it worked out right worked out 
Um, now, I could I could almost kind of see a picture if you started off writing in wine. It's not too far of a stretch to go from wine to aphrodisiacs, you know, um, mm-hmm. things that kind of are sexier, um, that kind of stimulating. Um, so, but when did you decide, like, you know what, this 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 is my forte. This is what I'm gonna like specialize in. You know, I started getting interested in the topic right before I went to get my master's. And I was very fortunate. The master's program allowed us a lot of self-directed study. So every time we had that kind of opportunity, I would study something really that, you know, related food and sex, be it specifically aphrodisiacs or, for example, my dissertation was on the relationship between food and sex in American popular culture. Okay. (laughs) I Listen... People don't realize it, but how subtly, like, food is incorporated, not just into your day-to-day, but, like, to these, like, romantic or big events that happen in their lives, you know? Um, Like, I never thought about it. I used to run cross-country, but before every, like, race, like, the day before, we'd have these big, like, pasta dinners, um, and both, like, there was a scientific, like, reason, like, the carbo-loading to help us but also it was like it became like part of our culture you know like yeah. pre-race like a pre-race ritual right. um to help like increase our performance so but it's not till i like stopped running or i graduated where i was like why were we eating all this pasta you know <laughs> like what what was the point and then like yeah. talking to everybody and like figuring that out i was like wow you know uh that was big it's crucial mm-hmm um yeah. I mean think about it think about a wedding like everybody the big yeah. the big moment is the cake this is true it's like it's like solid 92 percent of the reason I go to any wedding yeah, like I was like cake. listen I have to be at the cake tasting myself guys like it's not, I know it's your wedding but like I trust me no <laughs> that's what I, that's how I decide if I'm RSVPing or not no uh-huh. <laughs> No, um, but you're right. And food is important to so many different cultures. Um, you know, um, like whether it's holidays, like Thanksgiving, you know, like the turkey's so uh, central to that, you know, or but but everybody also loves to put their twist on it. Um, each family uh, has a slightly different take on classics, so to speak. Um, but and then it's become nostalgic to your line. Now, when we're talking aphrodisiacs, like I know you get this a lot, um, but what's one that sticks out to you? Because some of them aren't necessarily straightforward, or like not what you would think would you know? Sure, would, no. Most most foods that are aphrodisiac are not things that you're you would ever say. Oh yeah, let's plan a romantic dinner around a chili pepper. Right. You know, you know, champagne has that association. I think red wine does as well. Oysters, chocolate, these things we all kind of accept as aphrodisiac. There are a lot of foods and many of them are, um, well, they're, they're folklorically aphrodisiac for some reason. Like if they look like some sexual, some piece of our anatomy, you know, um, but like cucumber which is not even but whatever yeah (laughs) so you have that history but these foods you'll find most of them actually lend themselves really to supporting sexual health 
And yes. believe it or not, oatmeal is one of them. Now, I would never tell someone, oh, yeah, serve a romantic meal of oatmeal. But if your goal is to increase your sexual health, then how about, you know, doing like a slow cooker of oatmeal overnight and you wake up and the two of you have this nice warm breakfast of oatmeal and yet it may not be the sexiest meal you've ever had but it's you you know you're getting this nice warm meal that is improving your sexual health it's you know it's a it's a bonus for sure you know what um so last year i really got into like fruits there's like this instagram account uh that i follow called fruits and roots and like they specialize in like tropical fruits that you typically don't get in a store and then they, they post like little fun facts about fruits and veggies and their their brand um, periodically. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I first realized, like I had even heard that like there could be some quote unquote male or feminine like foods. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like this grape doesn't look like extra manly, like, or is it like kiwis are masculine because they're hairy? Like, I don't like what? That makes no sense. I know. I know. I know. It's, it all kind of cracks me up, and that I just take with a grain of salt. But so much how, of how something like an aphrodisiac is going to affect you is is the power of your mind. Yeah. So, I mean, there's this one side where you can eat and have a better libido or better sexual health. Um, you know, it can improve, improve sexual performance by changing your diet. But there's this other side of like, ooh, I'm serving you mango tonight. And you think, okay, you're serving me mango. I guess that's going to make this a really exciting evening. Yeah. You know, and I was like, honestly, I think, is papaya considered an aphrodisiac? I can't remember. Is it- you know, yes, it is. It's not, it, it isn't a food that makes my list. Like, I have a really long list um, on Eat Something Sexy. Yes. Uh, where, you know, of, of foods that I recommend as aphrodisiac. It, it is. It is. And I think it's more... Because it's really aids digestion, so you digest a little quicker, so you have that energy to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was literally, I kid you not, when I was... Because they were explaining, they're like, yeah, this is an aphrodisiac, and it's also like a feminine fruit, uh, because like once you like split it, looks like... Oh, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? And so like, I, I, I like went to Whole Foods, and I bought a papaya, and then I was like, I was like, let me check this out. So I cut it, and I was like, yeah. you know what? I guess, like, if you like look at it, I can, I can kind of see how this is. This reminds you of yeah. potentially a woman, you know. I once saw a, unfortunately, it was a student film, so you can't look it up to see it. I once saw a short film that was exact, just about that. Yeah. And only that. Oh. And it was like, wow, you have really made up a bisexual. Listen. <laughs> Who says fruit can't be sexy, okay? If they can make M&Ms and cartoon sexy, why not fruit, okay? Rated R Veggie Tales. Oh, geez. It, yes, it was. It was <laughs> rated R Veggie Tales. <laughs> if, you're, if you are too young to know what Veggie Tales are, you shouldn't be listening to most of my content. But you're here. Go check it out. It's very wholesome. I was having a conversation the other day. Sorry, this is off topic. And, like, we were talking about Veggie Tales, uh, like Larry the Cucumber, and they are like, like who's Larry the Cucumber? And I was like, does this make me old now? Like I, I feel like that wasn't no, that long. No, my daughter, my daughter went through a VeggieTales phase. Like, this, I was like, people still watch it. Yeah, nothing but VeggieTales. Yeah. Yeah, so it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch VeggieTales and see if like any of these like 
quote unquote um ideologies like if they like thought about them when they made the characters. <laughs> it's so fun. No, there there's so many things you like miss as like a child that like when you go right. back and see it as an adult, you're like, how did I not catch this? I know. I know. Or like, or are you are we sure this was designed for children? Like, oh. Well, it's impressive when they can layer a show so that there's something for adults as well. It's, it's you know, although I don't know, I could not, I walked out of the room every time VeggieTales came on. <laughs> as an adult or a child? Or both? No, as an adult. Oh. As an adult. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I've probably seen an episode in like 20 years. Like now, like, now I'm going to have to go to like see if my mom still has any of our VHSs. Because uh, I'm like, I think, I think it's on Netflix. It's on some streaming service. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. I know what I'm doing this Saturday. Oh, I'm not okay. going out. I'm. We're finding VeggieTales. This is happening. Um. <laughs> oh wow, that's gonna stick with me all day. Now, do you yourself? Do you do you do any cooking at all? Um, in the kitchen. I know you studied everything outside of the practical. Right. I cook. Obviously, I wrote cookbooks, so hopefully I know how to cook. Listen, I don't know if you had a ghostwriter, okay? That's a big thing nowadays, you know? (laughs) Ghostwriting cookbooks? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So would you you say, because I like when I talk to a lot of people or like a lot of my guy friends, they like, they either do like some type of subscription service or they just eat out all the time. They're like, cooking's too much work. Like yeah. there's no sh- simple or mainstream way to do it, or they just like put a piece of meat in a skillet and like call that dinner. Yeah. Um, would you yeah. say that cooking is kind of like complicated? No, I think the part where people get hung up is it takes some planning. Yeah. It takes the plan. It's the planning and the shopping. You know what I mean? Yeah. More than the actual cooking. Because once you have that stuff in the house, yeah, it's pretty easy, but it's getting it there. And I'm there too. I'm in that same place. I have absolutely no time to go to the store. And when I do, I'm racing through so fast that I forget half the stuff I need. So I get that. I get that whole problem. I get it. I started having groceries delivered for that very reason. I just like, I write everything down. I was like, put in list. Somebody else go get it for me. Um, Just because I think... And like, correct me if 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 I'm wrong, but I think cooking is sexy. It also, I think, teaches foreplay. You know, it's funny. I have a um, a chef who also wrote an aphrodisiac cookbook who writes for EatSomethingSexy.com for me, and that's one thing she really likes to focus on. Is she likes to plan meals. She'll plan whole menus mm-hmm. that we'll put on the site where she wants a couple things that would be great for couples to cook together as sort of an almost a form of foreplay. Because, you know, it's not quite foreplay. You still have to be careful. Like you're, you're holding sharp instruments. You know what I mean? This is true. But it's, it's, it's close. It's like you kind of get in this rhythm together. You have to slide past each other. You know, you have to time things right together. Yeah. Now, guys, I say this. Don't try this at home. Uh, your life is not a rom-com. Like, <laughs> like Amy said, <laughs> you will be having sharp objects. So, like, don't – we're not doing knife play or anything weird like that. But, no, like, um, like, your, like your chef, I think when I thought about foreplay, I didn't even think about the actual cooking together aspect mm-hmm. of it. 
I thought of the intention behind the meal, like from the shopping, from it's like crafting like like a sexy text, like, ooh, I know what you like, spending all this time like prepping for you. Absolutely. Um, just just know like, yeah, like this delicious thing is gonna make you salivate. Love the word salivate. You yeah. know, there is this thing, you know, that, that whole concept of all the love languages and there is this thing people talk about, well, why isn't food a love language? Because just in this way, right, I'm thinking about what you like and I'm going to go out and get it and I'm going to make it for you and I'm going to present it to you. Exactly. It's a love language. Yeah. I think it's a combination of multiple, if you really ask me. Mm. Like if quality time, acts of service and yeah. gifting had a baby, it would be food. Right. Yes, you know? exactly. Yes, like, I like it if they had a baby. Yeah, because yeah. like cooking, like sometimes it can be quick, you know, but sometimes it takes a minute to get everything prepped and ready. Like right. you might right. eat the meal for 30 minutes, but it took me three hours to cook it. Well, you know, that's one thing I do advise, though. If you're, if you're preparing a romantic meal, unless like cooking is your passion, like your personal passion, um, plan, don't plan something elaborate. Because by the time you're done with it, so, you, you know how sometimes you, you cook forever, you almost feel resentful at the end, like you better like this, you better take a long time eating it. Holiday cooking, yes, that's exactly what that is, yeah. Yes, so don't do that unless you have this real passion for cooking and your favorite thing is to spend five hours in the kitchen, then yeah. great, do it. But otherwise, choose things that are simple. Keep your energy and your focus for romance. And I and I agree. Um, that's why a lot of the times um, when we, I feel like when I see like recipes or like things, like like picnics, for example, is like another mm-hmm. example of food and romance. Yeah. Um, it's usually quick finger foods that you don't right. have to spend a lot of time making. Right. You know. Yes. Yes. We actually have a really great feature on EatSomethingSexy.com that a chef um, put together for us on how to make a charcuterie board for us on how to make a charcuterie board for two and simple quick ideas there's she throws in a recipe here or there if you're going to cook something but she also made one here's a vegan board here's yeah. how to make a vegan board right here's how to make a seafood board so it's not just you don't just have to love meat and cheese to do it mm-hmm. and i love this idea and it's a really fun way to eat together because it's also interactive right so it's kind of sexy meal You know, and like what I've noticed, I went, what, 26 years of my life, never hearing the word charcuterie, never, (laughs) never see, like never, okay, I guess I've seen, we've seen them, but like they were never called, they they were called meat trays, you know, like the little plastic things you get at Kroger's or like the the store and it had like, yeah, Yeah. like, yeah, they were like deli trays. Um, But last year when I moved into my apartment that I live in now. It was all the rage with my neighbors. They're like, anytime we'd had events, like, oh, I'm making a charcuterie. Like, oh, like yes, we need, we, like, how many charcuteries are we having? It's wine night, let's do a charcuterie. And I was like, what is this charcuterie we speak of? I like, I would Fancy go. Deli tray. Yeah. I would like, I was, I was so out of it. I'd go the whole night and I was like, I heard about this charcuterie, but I never saw it. I just saw some like fancy like meat trays out there. <laughs> Five months yeah. into like living with them, they're like, "That that is the like charcuterie." And I was like, "Yeah." Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah the big tray of like picnic food. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I guess it is on the board. That should have been a big 
indicator for me. But, you know, sometimes uh, I, I'm not in full gear, you know, it, it takes a minute. Well, at least, you know, now you have a million ideas of things that you can give your neighbors if you ever have to get them a gift. Little tins of, little tins of olives and nuts and things. Perfect. Yeah. They love oh, charcuterie. Nope. They're <laughs> fancy. Like, they, they like almost hand make everything. They're like, okay. oh no, the, the sausage, like we like, we made the sausage. We like stuffed it. We like rolled it. It's like, I was like, what? Who are you people? Oh. Like what? Is this like Master Chef? Like, or like, what? What is happening here? I don't know. Um, I'm <laughs> no, um, but yeah, there are like you said, there are like there are a lot of big takes. Like they do seasonal ones. Add just like fruit, like fruit, like uh, fruit and cheese or fruit and meat. Like just so many different pairings, um, which you know, uh, just are kind of create different experiences. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But guys, you have to like head over to our website. And like I said, if you don't have a lot of time or you're not quote unquote master chef level, um, but you still want to do something cute, I think a charcuterie board could for two could be the perfect thing to not necessarily like, you know, spice up your like Valentine's Day, but just as a nice accent to it, you know? And it's a really easy thing to customize for like your personal taste, like you and your partners, right? what you, the two of you like. Don't be that guy. Who like goes to Kroger and then sh- just tries to put it on a board? All right, let's let's take a little bit more time and like actually put some thought into what we're doing on the board. Presentation goes a long way. It does. It really does. And that's another thing I, I often suggest. If you don't think you can handle cooking a meal, there's no shame in takeout. But take it home. Take it out of the containers. You know, put it on the good china. Something. Present it so that it's something new and something personal that, that right. you've done. Listen, if nothing else, it just makes, it gives you extra bonus points, you know? Like, right. what? Like, you did all this? Yes. Shake your yes. head, nod, and this is your work. It's not plagiarism because you've taken it and you've, like, paraphrased and, and like, tweaked a couple things, you know? Um, Although I do believe in honesty. Like, if they said, did you make this? this no, you true. did not. No. I like, I made this design. Is that yes. what you meant? Like, yeah, but, like, yes. no, I, I didn't I didn't handle yeah, all these. Yeah. yeah. Listen, somebody had to wash them and, and you know, polish them. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't Beauty and the Beast. They didn't do them themselves, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, these might not come out in order, but the last couple episodes, I've been on a really big Disney princess kick. So, like, Beauty and the Beast, like, we talked about um, Mulan last time. I don't know what's happening. Like, Interesting. maybe I just need a Disney night. I don't know. I'm, Apparently. <laughs> After your day of VeggieTales, you'll do a Disney night. Yeah. Listen, listen I'm, I'm stacked for the next couple of weeks. Sorry, guys, don't ask Very me nice. out. I have plans. We have plans. <laughs> you can come join me if you want. The couch seat's four. And we'll do a charcuterie, a, a Disney-based oh, charcuterie. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, full circle. I love it. Uh, <laughs> circle of life. Yes. Oh, damn. Now we have to watch live. Listen, you're just adding to the list. I'm not mad at it. We talked about how easy cooking can be. Do you think certain things can make cooking or food sexy? Not in the same, like, realm as, like, aphrodisiac itself. But, you know, I guess we kind of talked about it. Like, you said cooking together. That's one thing that, like, could potentially be a really cute moment. Are there other things that you think, like, food can do to accentuate um, romance? Yes. Well, there are, you know, you can choose certain. There are some foods that just have an immediate 
physiological effect. I talked before, I mentioned chili peppers. Yes. So chili peppers raise your body temperature, right? Mm -hmm. They are, you know, this is something that actually happens. They also, um, they make your lips plump up a little. You look more kissable. Oh. They make your tongue tingle. And if you eat enough chili, and you have to really love chili, but if you eat enough, you'll get like this endorphin rush even. I mean, you know, that like that high just from the chili. So these are things that make you feel good, but in a way that kind of make you start thinking sex. So chilies are a great one. It, ginger is another, does a lot of the same things, only it's much milder for someone who doesn't enjoy chili. So that's always a good choice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things like this are always smart. I always tell people end the meal with coffee. And they're like, what do you mean? You don't have dinner with coffee. Well, yeah, well, are you planning to go right to sleep? No. So we hope not. Exactly. So yeah. coffee will give you that little boost of energy. But it also, did you know coffee enhances mood? It puts you in a good mood. Does it? Yeah. I didn't know that. I know it helps yeah. like prevent certain odors, but I didn't know it was a mood booster. It is. So end the meal with a little coffee. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. You know, because sometimes we don't even, I don't even cook. You know, sometimes you just mm -hmm. have like a little cup of coffee, a little pastry, and then yeah. things go. So like that makes sense, you know? Uh, a yeah. little pick me up before you yeah. pick somebody up. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm and sorry. As you know, alcohol always, you know, it lowers inhibitions, but then see, you have to walk that fine line. You so, can't overindulge. So what I'm hearing is espresso martini for the win, but not too many of yeah. them. Yeah. Get one. Just one. Just just yeah. a single espresso martini. Because okay. you don't, yeah, you don't want, you don't want to be jittery yeah. and you don't want to be drunk. <laughs> you're, you're right sometimes um, you're, right, you're like yeah you, this, guys we want to remember all these you know these beautiful moments with our partners now if maybe you're like me a couple valentines ago and you were spending it by yourself maybe you have that second espresso martini you know because you, you need it you deserve Wait, it you earned you, it why don't you just have like scotch on the rocks at that point because you don't want to be wide awake well, then people might think we have a problem, okay? You know? Aww. Sitting like sitting alone, having an espresso martini looks way better than like just, you know, a, like a scotch on the rock sipping it all night. Better options. I don't, I don't know. You just look, well, no, you'd have scotch. I was going to say you look really manly, but I think you'd have scotch neat if you just wanted to go off the manly vibe. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Slick back. Um, okay. <laughs> no, um... Oh, I've, I, okay, I totally forgot where I was going. But um, <laughs> while we're talking about sex and food, um, yeah. your diet, let's, I mean, Valentine's yeah. Day is just one day. Let's talk about right. like a bigger scope. Your diet yes. must then really affect like your sex life. Totally, completely, completely. I have a lot of fans who are, um, who are urologists because they're like, if people would listen to you. You know, yeah. Um, so believe it or not, step one is hydration. Okay. You got to have enough water. Listen, I always keep it right next to the desk. We say this, guys. Yeah. Hydration is key no matter what year, no matter what time of day. Just drink a little bit of water. Yes. Now, I put together, I so I've worked on and off for years with a nutritional expert. 
named Alana Flagg. She started out, this is so weird, she started out as my intern when she was going to um, cooking school. She did her internship with me. And then from working with me, she really got into nutrition and went to get her PhD in nutrition. Wow. And so she still works with me. We put together these lists of the 10 best foods for men's sexual health and 10 best foods for women's sexual health. And the chili peppers that I mentioned are actually not just good for that, like seduce someone evening, but they're mm-hmm. actually great for women's sexual health. And oatmeal that I mentioned earlier, oats are huge for men. Like if you, yeah, if you want to improve your sexual health, think about eating oats, a lot of oats. You know, now that you mentioned it, I, I, I have genuinely forgot about it. I remember, um, I think it was my freshman year of college. Um, because like society like puts all this pressure like on guys that like or like no I'm not even gonna say society I'm gonna say like porn specifically it's like it's like you gotta go for hours you know like they just go for hours or like whatever and so I was like well I I don't know I I was like I don't know what's like how to like improve this like you know how to become a marathon sex person so I like looked up, I was like, well, what's thing, what things can I eat to just, cause I'm good at eating. Like, what can I eat to make me better? <laughs> well, I am. So, um, that's how I got this perfected oats. dad bod. I, and it was, it was, it was oats. Oats was on there. Yeah. And so yeah. I remember I like called my mom and I was like, Hey, I know you guys are coming up this weekend for groceries. Just make sure you bring me oatmeal. I was like, and lots of it. So she was like, okay. And so she brings me like five or six boxes of oatmeal and I just ate oatmeal for like three months straight and I was like I am gonna be the best sex person ever <laughs> I, I think it just made me really sleepy you know uh oh, made you sleepy. yeah oatmeal is it, it can be heavy it can be dense you know it can yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny I once had a doctor who suggested eating a bowl of oatmeal before bed every night so I, yeah. I believe it it knocked me out yeah. too <laughs> so guys if you're having trouble sleeping you know try oatmeal, oatmeal before bed yeah it kind you of know? works yeah. i mean like some people like they use milk to make it and like a warm glass of milk is supposed to help you sleep like see we're doing science here guys this is an academic show okay this is very scholastic <laughs> science uh no <laughs> yeah see science can be fun science can be sexy Listen, maybe totally. maybe we all need to go back and like study a little bit of gastronomy. You know, we could, we could, we can learn some stuff. I know, like I think almost every university at this point offers some some type of like food science class. Food science. So yeah, yeah, so like guys, take a class. Who knows what you'll learn? Maybe that's where you'll meet. Like you'll you'll ta- you'll become a taste tester and meet your next partner, or you'll be the one you cooking. And know. you know, you know, yeah. it's the new Tinder, guys. Yeah. It's it's the new Tinder. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm recommending. Food science classes yeah. at the new Tinder. I love it. Yeah. Stop swiping. Start prepping. You know, I don't. That'll yeah. do it. That'll do it. <laughs> um, so yes, you can eat to improve sexual health, and it's not just like eating foods that you know help with hormone production, but it's also like foods that reduce inflammation. Yeah. So more turmeric, you know, things like that. Um, are all really valuable and it's obviously has to be individual. You have to kind of tailor it to what's going on with you. Um, but just eating a better, you know, eating a, not necessarily better, maybe you, maybe people eat a great diet already, but eating a great diet of 
less, you know, the less processed foods, the better, the more whole raw fruits and vegetables. Awesome. Drink your water. Listen. Add some spices, add some spices to your food because, um, not only do many spices have, um, some curative properties, but also they'll help you reduce the amount of fat and sugar and salt you want in your food because they're so flavorful. I always, obviously, I've always told people you need to, you need to season your food. Guys, here's why you season your food because it can help you with your sexual health. Okay. And make your food taste better, but mostly it can help you with your sexual health. That's <laughs> I've been thinking about your health this whole time. I'm here for yeah. you. I'm here for you. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, I'm going to have to think about this tonight. Uh, Cause I'm going, it's even though we are in the middle of a, like an Arctic vortex right now, I'm not neglecting day night. So we're going out for tacos. So I was like, maybe, you know, uh, like Mexican, I, I can find a way to get some spice in there. You yes, know, easy. Little, easy. little chili margarita action, you know. Perfect. Spicy paloma. Um, that also incorporates oh, citrus. Spicy paloma right? sounds so good. Listen, that, that, that's, that could be the name of your next cookbook. You know, I, I just need like 2%. Spicy I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, should, I think that should be my, like my pen name. Ooh. Spicy paloma. Spicy paloma. Listen, listen, I'm not mad at it. I'm not <laughs> mad at it. That like oh like the branding for that is just gonna be out of this world, you know. <laughs> what was the name of your first book? Spoon and Fork Me by Spicy Paloma. Fork, fork me, so that would have been Fork me, spoon me. Fork me, spoon me by Spicy Paloma. Listen, that's a book that would fly off the shelves, you know. I'm already I'm sweating yeah. thinking about yes. it. Spicy Paloma. <laughs> oh okay. So um. Is there any specific, well, hopefully, because I know you're saying you have the kids, hopefully they will be able to occupy themselves for a bit. Do you have any big Valentine Day plans coming up for you and okay. your partner? I'm the worst. My, my husband never has any expectations. And that is because the two weeks leading up to Valentine's Day are my two hardest work weeks of the year. It's like... Well, what I, does Santa do on Christmas Day? He probably gets into bed and eats some pancakes in bed or something, right? Yeah. Like, that's me on by Valentine's night, unless I have to do an event, which fortunately I don't this year. Thank you. COVID is one thing I have to be grateful for. Uh, the only thing, probably. Um, but, you know, if, if, if I don't have to do an event, I'm usually in bed as early as possible and not in a sexual way. I'm, in, I'm asleep as early as possible. Well, you know, I, listen, sleep can be sexy, okay? I don't know about you, but after after I'm well-rested, I, I, okay, okay. So I have this thing called the rollover effect. So after a good sleep, and then I roll over in the morning or whenever I wake up, and I see my partner's face, it just like, right. listen, it's like, it's like a whole euphoric state for me. Oh, you know? I get the rollover Hopefully, you have that feeling. If you don't, well, let's we we might have some rethinking to do. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad you have that effect. Like, like guys, if you could see her face right now, she like genuinely like lit up and like is that bliss right now? Uh, she thought about her partner and it's like, oh yes, love that man. <laughs> Um, listen, I love love too. I mean, even though I love being single, I love love. 
I think that's why I'm single so often is because I can experience it with multiple people now, you know? Oh, you just, you just want to experience more love. Listen, I wasn't hugged enough as a child. I don't know. (laughs) That's not not true in case, in case anybody was, my mother loved me. She hugged me. Not, not too much, but like, like a proper amount of hugging. Yes. Yes. Okay. She also fed me. So thank you for that. See, should we, yes. that, the love language of food, it came from my mother. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I think a lot of mothers express, that's, I, think, I think that's where a lot of us get it. We yeah. get that sort of food love from mom and we just want it the rest of our lives. That's true. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like the ultimate like Oedipus complex, almost so to speak. Like, are you a better cook than my mom? Or like, that's like the standard mm-hmm. of cooking. Like, I don't know. It's not better than my mom. It's like, we oh, might, yeah. man, it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but we know you don't have any Valentine's plans, but are there some, like, I, I, I imagine it's on the website, but can you just, like, off the top of your head, think of any dish that you think would be special or that you would recommend this Valentine's Day for people? You know, I, I do have one in my head because I just updated a recipe um, that I love, love, love. It is it is a salmon recipe. It's a wild salmon. And you poach it. But the way you poach it, you only put it halfway in the water. Yeah. So, like, half of it stays almost raw. Oh. And, like, the salmon is, like, two layers. There's, like, there's, like, the kind of, the top is kind of cool. And the bottom is hot. And one is cooked. And one is raw all in one piece of fish. It's amazing. And then you make a, you make a rosé wine sauce to put on top. So it's kind of romantic. It's got this pink sauce on yeah. top of the pink fish. It's a good one. Listen, I don't know it's if you intentionally, intentionally did it, but you like, you made a sexy voice when you described the food. <laughs> food has that effect. See, food also <laughs> changes your voice. So if you ever need to like get away with something, maybe like think about some good food, it'll change who you are. Mm. Um, yes. No, that does sound good. And I have rosé and salmon in the fridge, so I'm, oh, a, I'm ahead of the game. You're ready. I look, you are so ready. She didn't even tell me about this recipe beforehand. Um, no, but that, like, that, that does. Like, thinking about it, like, already got my, like, ears tingling. My nose was puckering up. Like, oh. <laughs> salmon and rosé sauce. I love it. A little bit of wild, right? Oh, yeah. Um, now, are there some things we need to stay away from? Try to avoid heavier foods. Don't do like a big pasta and cream sauce. Yeah. Don't do a steak. These are foods that the blood will then rush to your stomach, you know, to help digest all of this food. And you need your blood flowing to other places. If you're going to like have a roll in the hay or a horizontal cha-cha or whatever you want to call it after dinners, do not do the heavy food. Listen. That's simple. You know, keep it light. That's the key to everything, you know. You don't want to apply too much pressure. So, like, eat eat (laughs) while you're cooking, while you're flirting, you know, while you're in the bed. Never too much pressure. It's all about, like, finding the proper balance. Yes. Um, Yes, good balance. Yeah. Like I said, this is, like, I always like to say, like, you could go out to your favorite restaurant anytime. Try to do something different, at least this one time a year. Um whether that's you donning an apron or you 
trying a different style of cuisine to maybe boost your performance later on. You know, I do, I love, I mean, I have many friends who are chefs and restaurateurs and they, you know, they rely on Valentine's Day because it's the biggest night of the year. But here's the thing. It's the most crowded night in restaurants all year. It's true. I always encourage people, like, if there's a special occasion restaurant you want, do it the next, the following weekend. Don't do it on Valentine's Day. Plan a simple Valentine's Day at home that's just where it's all about you. Listen, I always celebrate either the day before or, like, the weekend after. Right. Because unlike yeah. most holidays, like, we all have to get up and go to work the next day. So in case you had that second espresso martini, you know, <laughs> you're not waking up with a bit of, like, a little rager going on, you know, and you can go to work, you know, because it's the weekend. So, like, hey, have a second, spend more time talking to your partner, and then maybe hitting the bed. Who knows? Um, but still, like I said, keep it light. Keep it light. Um, well, I think, ooh, I mean, I think that's, I, I learned a lot today. Um, a lot of great resources. Um, is there anything that you kind of like, you like never, I always like to, I like to ask this question. Um because you've probably had more than one speaking engagement before. Like, so like what's something that you've always wanted to talk about that like never really gets asked or like brought up a lot? Wow. I've never, I've never had that problem. Oh, I, I, I find ways to talk about whatever, whatever's on my agenda. Listen, (laughs) this is the type of woman you want in a relationship, a satisfied woman. She was like, I have nothing on my chest. I I am satisfied. I get it all out. Listen, yeah. not everybody gets that way. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, I guess that leads us to my favorite part of the show. It's okay. the reverse icebreaker. Just like five, six easy, quick questions. You know, they do get a little more thought provoking as we go along. But okay. like you said, we're, we're going to keep it light. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what is your biggest turnoff? Oh, you know, bad something. Chocolate. <laughs> bad chocolate. All right. I mean, I mean, have you ever had bad chocolate? I mean, that like that that kills everything. Okay, so that be- kills everything. Yeah. So because of the whole allergy thing, like I didn't eat chocolate growing up. Mm-hmm. So like when I started having chocolate, it was like more cacao than actual like chocolate, and it was like. I think it was pretty good. It's usually either like Lint or Godiva, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. So I've never really had bad chocolate. Nope. I take that back. I've had a piece of, now I I said I like high cacao. I had a piece of like 90% cacao. That was too much for me. Oh yeah. It's a whole different, I mean, it's almost savory at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It was Mm -hmm. too, it was too dark. Yeah. I just, oh. It was like really, really bitter. It was like it was like drinking black coffee almost, you know, just mm-hmm. that really bitter, yes. bitter yes. Uh, flavor. Okay, actually, you know what? I am very interested to see how you work chocolate in to be the answer for this next question. <laughs> if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something about sex or relationships, what would it be? Mm. 
be used as body paint. <laughs> you know what? I'm not mad at it because as we talked about last year, if you guys go back and listen to that episode, body paint is a great date night activity, okay? Whether it's with safe body paint or the edible stuff, okay? Like literally I like read this. It was like it was like the top five um sexiest things to do at home. And it was like get some like uh paper, put it down, and like put chocolate on yourself and just like do yeah. body paints, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I I'm okay with that. Frame okay. it, put it on the wall, inspire yourselves every night. <laughs> Listen, we made this, babe. We did this. Or if I'm ever not here, don't don't eat it, but this is for you. Um I don't know, yeah. I don't know if chocolate will last that long. Um, okay. Let's see. I gotta stump you here. I gotta I gotta take chocolate off the table somehow. Uh, okay. What is one thing that you think that you could do better as a partner? Um buy, <clears throat> buy less chocolate. <clears throat> <laughs> now, now for that to be applicable. I need to see your, what is your chocolate budget and how much are you spending on chocolate? Oh no, it's not, it's not because of budgetary constraints. It's because, um, my husband's trying to cut down how much he consumes, but he's one of those seafood people. Okay. Yeah. If he sees it, you know, he'll eat it. <laughs> so I should either buy less chocolate or hide the chocolate. I don't know. <laughs> Hiding never works, you know, um, Cause like we all like you get that sixth sense like I feel it you know, or like of course you hide it somewhere like they don't think of and then it's the one place they like randomly need to go. Yep, exactly. So, yeah. Just, yeah. just separate. Oh, um. Well, guys, uh, we are almost done, and she, Amy, seemed to stump me here. She is really working this chocolate angel angle, which I'm not. <laughs> I'm not mad about. Um. Okay. It's not a question, but this year's word is connection. Mm, How does connection work into what you do? Hmm? What are you connected to? I'm connected to the chocolate business. <laughs> there you go. We heard it. She has the endorsement. She ha- who she's she has the chocolate endorsement. She's the chocolate plug. Actually, plug. that's funny. I was on the last time I did a speaking engagement, like for a for a group. It was it was a Zoom. It was a Zoom chocolate panel, and I was on a panel with a chocolate bar maker, a chocolatier, and me. I am connected to chocolate. Awesome. Well, guys, if you were confused with this episode about, like, if you just heard this part right here, you would think we were just talking about chocolate, like, today's episode, <laughs> chocolate. It wasn't, but we still had fun, okay? Um, <laughs> I feel like I should get her a prize of maybe chocolate um, <laughs> for this. I'm feeling the need to go eat some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I, I heard this, like, if you hear something, like, seven times... It makes you want to do it. So whether it was your idea or like somebody else says it, 
seven's like a, like a like a good number to make you do something. So maybe this was just me subliminally trying to get you to eat some chocolate right now. I actually need some chocolate at a Paloma. <laughs> well, maybe a spicy Paloma. I mean, when you when you see anything in tequila, I'm always game for. Like I just mm. that's my kryptonite. If you ever want to get me to do something, either feed me or offer me tequila, and I'll probably do it. Um, yeah, well, guys, this has been another episode. Uh, Amy, like I said, let us know again where we can find you <laughs> for either <laughs> chocolate advice <laughs> or on um, yeah. uh, how to keep uh, just just general, like, good food aphrodisiac alluring like stimuli okay so everything we talked about today you can find more information on it on eat something sexy.com which is spelled just the way it sounds and if you need some help planning a valentine's day at home you might want to pick up my cookbook fork me spoon me or I actually have an ebook that's all dessert recipes called Eat Cake Naked. Also, who's doing the naming for these books? God, like, it's all me. Listen. My husband thinks I'm so corny. Listen, <laughs> she comes up with catchy titles. She's like a chocolate, like, rain man, you know, just. <laughs> she knows about Aphrodite. Like, what? What what is she not doing? I see why she's I see why she's taken. Okay, guys, like she just <laughs> jack of all trades, you know, master of none. But a master of one is better than a master of none. Um, like Amy Riley, guys, like go go get her cookbooks, go check out her website. Um, the just she deserves the world. I don't know what else to say. If you guys tuned in, I know you guys are gonna have a stellar kick-ass Valentine's Day because she's equipped you with all the tools you need. And as for me, I know I'm going to hit up that salmon and rosé sauce recipe. I will see all you beautiful singles next Thursday, and I want to hear about your Valentine's Day. Hit me up on social media, wherever you find me at. That's either Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You guys know the drill. Like I said, I'll see you next Thursday.